Hey, good morning, YouTube family. Welcome to Escape from Crazy Town, where we're going to find our sanity and we're going to share some stories and help each other heal from the total craziness of narcissists in our lives. It's just absolutely nuts. So welcome, welcome to a happy crappy hour where we share our happies and our crappies. So we're going to learn from our crappies. So that's what, even though they're crappies, there's something to be gained from them, right? Because we're going to learn from them. And then our happies, of course, are things that we're, that went well this week that we want to keep doing. So we want to hold on to those things. Good morning. Good to see you guys hopping on, John. And ooh, my screen is a little bit dark. Let me see. The Hockey Cowboy. Good morning. Good to see you. So glad to see you here. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Obi-Wan. Good to see you. Oh, let me see. My happy was exposing my friend's narc mother to her family. The mom says she hates my guts. I told her, I bet you almost got away with it, huh? <laughs> what? Uh, I guess I'm missing something there, Obi. But yeah, every time we expose a narc, it's a good thing. But I don't know. Sometimes it doesn't last very long because for some reason people forget. People forget what the narcissist had done. People forget what they learn about the narcissist because the narcissist weasels their way back into the lives of those around them and people forget, right? Because we want to forgive. We want to get along with people. We want to be able to, um, well, we don't want to hold grudges, right? So maybe at this time it'll stick, right? Um, the Hockey Cowboy says, I, I'm formerly Frost. Changed my name, finally. Oh, okay, terrific. Good to see you back. Oh my gosh, you guys. Today we have this topic, and I just thought, why is there always so much to talk about with narcissists? Why is that? I, I don't know. But there always seems to be a lot to talk about narcissists. They give you continual, just, I don't even want to, Drama, maybe that's it, right? It's just continual drama with the narcissist, and it just is never ending. There are things going on with the narcissist in my life right now, which today is not the topic for those things that are happening, but I just recently, you know, got in contact with one of them, and I don't even know where to begin. It, it's so crazy to me how much control they need to have in other people's lives. It's like they crave the drama. They crave control over other people. And it doesn't matter how old other people, like their siblings are in their lives. They treat their siblings like they're babies, right? A narcissist I know, uh, her siblings are, gosh, I think in their 60s? Yeah, 60s, I believe. And she still treats them like they're 10 years old. Like, what, what the heck? This is a 60-year-old person that you are telling how to live their life, how to spend their money, um, and how terrible their, their own spouse is. I mean, narcissists love to come between people and their spouses. They will break up marriages. Uh, this is why you don't want them too involved in your life especially if they are a sibling or a relative 
that you do have to see pretty regularly or you're in contact with regularly because you don't want to be a, a horrible person, right? You don't want to be the kind of person that cuts people out of your life and you don't want to be the one person in the family that everybody thinks is so unforgiving. So you still have this narcissist in your life, but you cannot give them any access to the details of your life. You cannot invite them along to family gatherings, your own family gatherings, you know. You cannot tell them anything confidential between, about you and your spouse because they will use that to come between you and your spouse. And they will throw it back in even though you and your spouse have worked it out, fixed it, are over it. They will remind you for decades what your spouse did three decades ago, right? So, um yeah anyway that's the drama that's going on right now in my life with that that um narcissist this is not me though i'm on the outside hearing about this so thank goodness i don't want to get pulled into it um if the sibling happens to contact me and wants any advice i would be happy to give it but i am not interjecting anyway you guys today the topic is is the nar new supply jealous of you and the reason I started thinking about that is because I know a lot of times we become obsessed with the new supply we might become jealous and especially at the very beginning extremely jealous of the new supply and that just eats away at your core it eats away at your self-esteem and who you are it affects your daily life and it could tear you apart for a long time because you are watching the new supply and hoping for their demise, right? You're hoping that the relationship crashes and burns and you want to watch it. But then all you're getting are the good stories, right? You're getting the, the Instagram version of their life, which looks amazing. So the thing that you don't understand or don't realize or may not realize is that the new supply it's just as obsessed with you as you are with the new supply. It may not seem like it because they're not going to show it at first. And I'm going to go through the stages that the new supply goes through in their emotional, uh, I don't want to call it growth, but maybe journey, right? Their emotional journey with you in the background. And you're always in the background, by the way, because the narcissist brings you into their relationship. The narcissist cannot help but bring you into their relationship. You might think the narcissist has used you, threw you away, and is never thinking about you again, but that is not the case. You are almost, at times, front and center of their relationship. And I'm going to go through how that is and how the narcissist uses you still inside the new supply, inside their new relationship with the new supply. So first, the first stage, emotional stage or whatever you want to call it, that the new supply has with you is going to be pity. They're going to pity you because they're going to look at you right after you just came off a relationship with the narcissist, right? You're going to look miserable and you're going to look depressed. You're going to look like you don't, you've given up, right? You, you, you're not taking care of yourself at this point. You're letting yourself gain a lot of weight. You stop going to the gym. You stop eating well. 
um, maybe even stop eating. You're losing a ton of weight. You just look terrible. You're not taking care of yourself. So the new supply is looking over there and thinking, wow, what a mess. No wonder the narcissist left you. And they'll pity you. They won't blame the narcissist for leaving you, but they'll pity you for being such a mess. And then not only that, but if you are at the beginning stage of discard or at the end stage, I guess, of discard, just newly discarded, you may even be trying to get the narcissist back. So your attempts at trying to contact the narcissist, even attacking the narcissist, right? You may not be trying to get them back. You may be trying to get back at them. And the new supply is going to see that as desperation. They're going to see you as a desperate pile of mess. And they're going to think that you're just this wretched person who whose life is a disaster. So they're going to pity you. They're, they're not going to see you as any kind of competition or any amazing act that they have to follow. They're just going to see you as, you know, it'll confirm for them why the narcissist left you. And it'll confirm for them why the narcissist tells the new supply now how they're so different from you, how they're so much more amazing than you were, how incredible they are. So they're, you know, they're, they're on the high stage now, right? They're on, on this high level on cloud nine, looking down at you and pitying you. And some of them may even try to help you. Like they may actually look at you and, and, and throw you a bone once in a while and try to, to encourage you to move on or, or um, let me just help you with this or that. You know, I'll, I'll be good to the kids, your kids when they're here and you know you won't have to worry about them I'll, I'll take them for the weekend we'll take them for the weekend so you can you can go away for the weekend you know it's like they're trying to do these things in a way to make themselves feel better but they they actually just pity you so at this point the narcissist is acting like you are a total mess they're telling the nar they're telling the new supply all of your problems, right? They're telling the new supply all the details that, and the confidential things that you've told them about how you grew up and um, the things that hurt you or the, the trauma that you went through with other people. This is the point where the narcissist is telling the new supply what a wreck you are, right? And an emotional mess that you are. And that's why they had to leave you. You're not stable. You're you've got all this baggage, and and that's why they had to let you go. You never recovered from all this baggage from your past, and that's why they had to let you go. So there's no wonder why at this point the new supply is pitying you, right? So stage two though is when the new supply will start to hate you. Yeah, they go from pity to hate. And you would think, like, what? Why would they do that? Well, at this point, the mask starts to slip, right, with the, the narcissist. The narcissist starts to sh show their true nature with the new supply. And they have to blame somebody. They're going to have to blame somebody for why they're a miserable, horrible person. They're going to blame you. They're going to say that you're the reason why the narcissist is damaged. The narcissist is going to blame you for all of their bad behavior. They're going to claim that you gave them 
CPTSD, right? The complex PTSD. They're going to blame you for why their relationship with the new supply now is volatile because you unstabilize the narcissist somehow. You're the reason why the narcissist can't, you know, can't be responsible. You're the reason why the narcissist is up and down and angry or jealous or is continually drunk, you know, lying to the new supply. You're the reason because the narcissist is going to blame you for having trained them to be this way because they had to be this way with you in order to get through the relationship. So they're, they're, you know, they're going to blame you for all of their bad habits, even their drinking and their drugs, right? They're going to blame you for it. Now, I thought about this also with the covert narcissist. They, they will blame you for the depression that they're in, right? They're going to blame you for why they can't get a job and they have such low self-esteem and, and you, um, you were the cause of all of their anxiety in their life, right? They're going to blame you for it. And so at this stage, stage two, the new supply is going to hate you because they're thinking, I had this perfectly wonderful person, right? Who love bombed them, who, who gave them this fake future, told them all about the fake future they were going to have. And they believe the romantic version, the narrative. And now they're seeing their relationship start to unravel. They're starting to see their relationship crumble. And they're like, I did not sign up for this. Now they're looking at the narcissist and thinking, I'm going to have to fix this narcissist because of you. So they're going to hate you for that. You guys, I'm just going to hop on. Good morning. Good to see you. Monique, good to see you. Yes. Breadcrumbs. They give you a little bit of breadcrumbs yeah, to keep you going. Um Oh, oh, Obi, yeah, says that when I told my most current devalue, when devalue, devalue, I told my most current narcissist, right, um, who was devaluing me, that it looks like the mask slipped. I knew you were phony. This is who you really are. Oh, jeez. Obi says, nobody liked my current narcissist no matter what sh job she had. She tells me beautiful women are jealous of her. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's the other thing. I think that a lot of times people are misguided. <laughs> I don't know at best. I've talked to some women, uh, yeah, who, who are just convinced that other women are jealous of them. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe they are, maybe they're not. I don't know. Maybe they're just too focused on what other people think of them. I, you know, it's that's not a good sign, by the way. So here we are. We're um, we're on this journey of this emotional relationship the the new supplies having with you behind your back. You don't even realize this. So they've gone from pitying you because you're this miserable wretch that doesn't have your life together and had just been discarded. And now they're hating you because you're the reason why the love of their life has so many problems, has so many character issues, because their time, the narcissist's time with you caused them to 
to become this terrible person that's now emerging in their relationship. Now stage three is when the new supply starts to be curious about you. They're going to want to maybe contact you at this point because things are not getting better in their relationship with the narcissist. In fact, things are getting worse, right? They're starting to see more and more of the lies uh, coming through. They're, they're going to catch the narcissist in more lies. They're going to see the hypocrisy um, in the stories the narcissist is telling them. So they're like, wait a minute, you're telling me that this other person treated you like that, but you're treating me like that, right? You're telling me that this other person um, was picky about how you did everything, but you're picky about how I do everything, right? You're telling me that the other person, uh, your old supply, your ex, was um, never responsible and never chipped in and never helped out around the house. And you're looking at them going, you hardly ever chip in. You hardly ever help out. <laughs> like, what the heck? You know, you're, you're telling me that your ex was very demanding and very critical of everything you did. Like, your cooking wasn't ever good enough. And wait a minute, um, you're always critical about my cooking. <laughs> you know, you're just like, wait a minute. Things are not adding up. All the things that the narcissist is telling the new supply about you, at this point, the new supply starts to see some cracks in it. The new supply is starting, starting to see some inconsistencies. And they're going to wonder then, wait a minute, are, were you the problem or was the narcissist the problem? And at this stage, they might even start contacting you because the narcissist stories are not adding up, right? The things, you know, they start to question now the same stories that were told to them at the beginning of their relationship. Now they're starting to see it in a different light. Um, they're going to be a little bit more critical of the narcissist stories, right? So the new supply may start spying on you. That's when you might start seeing the, the new supply checking in. I guess, you know, in some of these social medias, you, you're able to see who's looking at your stories, right? And um, you'll start to see the, the new supply pop up. You're going to get uh, mutual friends talking to you about the new supply, telling you that the new supply has been asking about you, is uh, interested in how you're doing wants to know um, things about your past, right? And you're like, what? Why now? Why would they be interested? It's because their relationship with the narcissist is dismantling. It's crumbling. And they want to know if what they had believed early on and throughout their relationship up to this point is accurate. Because they've only gotten one side of the story. They have never heard your side of the story. They only heard one narrative and they were only allowed to hear one narrative because the narcissist had made them, um, you know, hate you, detest you, get to the point where there's no way they would ever want to talk to you. And now they're like, ah, oh, maybe I need to talk to you because things are not adding up. Things don't seem right. And at this point, they may even call you. They may text you. They may... Uh, find a way to bump into you somewhere in town. And this, my dear, I want to tell you guys, is the danger zone. 
This is the danger zone. You may be like thrilled that things are not working out with them, right? You, you might be so excited that finally there are some cracks. You're starting to see some cracks in their relationship. You're, you're seeing concern from the, from the new supply. You're seeing the new supply not believing every lie the narcissist is telling them now. You might be so excited to see this, but I want to warn you, this is a danger zone. Do not go jumping in so excited to expose everything and blowing them out of the water and, you know, sharing all the horrid details of your relationship with the narcissist now to, to share that with the new supply. You don't want to just bombard them flood them with all of your stories okay and the reason is because then at this point you were you will come out looking like just too too anxious too excited right like you're a bit overboard so the new supply may back off the new, new supply may sit there and listen to all of your stories and you going on about all kinds of details but in their minds, they're going to start to compare your stories to the narcissist stories. They're going to compare how you're behaving to the way the narcissist behaves when the narcissist talked about you. They're going to think that, okay, you're over here very emotional as you're talking. You may even start crying when you, when you remember some of the horrible things the narcissist did, right? And the new supply is going to watch that and think that you are being very emotional and unstable and when you're like that that's going to make them think that the narcissist may be right because the narcissist had already told them so you need to be calm right when they call you if they contact you if you run into them in town just be calm be stable be um just normal, right? And that's what's going to really throw them off. They're going to wonder, how in the world are you so normal acting? How in the world are you not, you know, thrashing about emotionally right in front of them? Because that's what they're expecting of you. They're expecting a huge roller coaster ride of emotions when they come in contact with you. Because this is the version that the narcissist has given them. They're also going to expect maybe if it's not a roller coaster ride of emotions, they may expect someone who's extremely cold and very unpersonable, impersonable. There's somebody who's who's not approachable. Somebody, you know, that the narcissist has told the new supply, "Oh, I you'll never break through this barrier. She or he is so cold and and they're not very affectionate." They're not very caring. They're unsympathetic. So you can't be that either. You don't want to be this weird, stiff person that that's like a brick, okay? You want to just be normal. You want to greet them the way you would greet a stranger and be pleasant and normal. When you're pleasant and normal, they're going to think there's something wrong here. This doesn't add up. The stories that the narcissist has told them about you is not matching up to how you are behaving. So they're going to start possibly believing you. Start seeing that you are more credible than the narcissist. 
Because at this point, they will have seen the narcissist, narcissist lose it. They will have seen the narcissist's unstable behavior. They're crazy acting out. They're punching the walls. They're throwing things. Um, they're, they've lost their freaking minds, okay? But they're still on the, on the cusp. They're still on the wall. And they still think that maybe you're the reason why the you're the reason the narcissist is the way they are. And they're looking for indicators of that. They're looking for how you might push the narcissist, might have affected the narcissist into behaving the way they now see the narcissist behaving. But if they see a pretty normal person who's personable, who's getting their act together, who's now started um, taking care of themselves again, you look great, you're not this terrible heap of a mess, and they're going to think, okay, wait a minute, you know, this, this isn't adding up. So here's the last stage, you guys, of the new supply and what they think of you. And it pertains to the topic, is the new supply jealous of you? This is their last stage. They become now jealous of you because they see that you have moved on. They see that you are getting your life together. They see that... You're getting healthier they see that you're out and making friends and living your life while they're dealing with a total mess at home they're dealing with a lying cheating user abuser person at home while you now have healthy people in your life you now have moved forward by getting your career back on track getting your credit score getting your financial stuff back back in order you're no, you're not in debt anymore with the narcissist you're not having all this trauma and drama with the narcissist anymore you've cut that out of your life so now they're going to be jealous of you like they they notice that they're in the decline while you are climbing up right you're you're ascending and they're descending they're going to start to feel jealous like wait a minute how come I used to feel good about myself but now I feel lousy and I see you happy and I feel miserable most of the time and you're with a, a person who cares about you and I'm with a person who's constantly cheating and lying to me so they're going to be jealous that you escaped they're going to wonder like how how did that happen how did you switch roles they may not even be able to question that because they may not even realize that's exactly what has happened. Well, you guys, that's what I wanted to share with you. Yes, the, the new supply does get to that stage where they get jealous of you because at that point they know you escaped and they're left holding a, a booby prize, right? They're, they thought that they were getting some medal, some trophy, of a person and they ended up with a booby booby prize which is destroying their life it just is exploding their life into misery and now they're looking over at you you're happy you're doing well you're you've moved on to better relationships you actually have a relationship with your family you have a relationship with your friends that while they're getting cut off they're not allowed to visit their friends. The narcissist is so uh, controlling of them and so critical of them 
that they're losing themselves while they are looking over at you and they're seeing you becoming this beautiful new person. So you guys, that is where you do want to be. I think somebody just said that too, that's where I want to be. Yeah, nowadays, I'm going to, you know, Obi says he believes ten, 8 out of 10 women have this disease. Obi um, is not just women. <laughs> it's a lot of people out here. Uh, it's really, it depends on what crowd you hang out with. And this is so important, you guys. Be a real person and hang out with real people. Don't be too sensitive about criticism. There is such a thing as con constructive criticism, okay? When someone cares about you, they're going to give you advice. They're going to give you um, what feels like criticism, but it's actually them trying to help you. When you see somebody destroying themselves, hurting themselves, um, okay, when you see that they have such bad habits, and then they're wondering, why am I in so much pain? Why is my body falling apart? And you're watching their bad eating habits. They're, you're watching their bad um, refusal to work out, not even stretch. I mean, their, their body is falling apart. And they think that it must be something external. It must be something else that's causing this. And they refuse to do the work for themselves. You give them a little bit constructive um, criticism, a little bit of advice, and they will suddenly avoid you. They, they don't want anything to do with you because all they can handle is people telling them how wonderful they are, how wonderful they look, and how sympathetic they are, uh, you know, and sorry they are that, that you're going through all this pain. But they're not willing to be the friend that actually tells you, you know what, why don't you just do some stretching? Why, you know, why don't you, I'll come along and why don't you join me for a walk around the neighborhood? Why don't, you know, I'll, I'll I'm willing to come hang out with you and, and do a few healthy things. They don't see it as that. They, they suddenly see it as judgmental, criticism, controlling. And meanwhile, they are just destroying themselves and then surrounding themselves with the, the term used to be yes men, but it's like people who just laud compliments on them, right? People who just tell them everything's fine. You're doing everything you can. I feel so sorry for you. There's nothing you can do. You know, it must be genetics. And they're not giving their friend any real tools to get out of this problem, right? To fix their problems. Most people prefer that. I got to say, whether they're a narcissist or not, most people prefer that because their egos are so fragile, they cannot take uh, constructive criticism. It is so hard to even invite constructive criticism, you guys. Like even um, with good friends, you don't want to ask a good friend, what is it in me that you think um, I could change and would, uh, would improve my life, right? Or... Or even having a sit down with your roommates and saying, you know, weekly, having a weekly meeting. And I recommend this, by the way, you should have, a, if you live with other people, whether it's your roommate or your spouse or your family, you should sit down with them once a week and go over what things 
everybody is expected of everybody. What things uh, are people doing well? What things do people need to improve in, in their living situation, right? So that you run your household and your friendship um, in a way that improves it every week. But that includes getting some criticism, you guys. That includes, oh, you know what? Um, you you left out the, the vacuum. You know, it's great that you vacuumed, but you left the vacuum out in the middle of the floor every time. Could you put that away? Or, and then the next thing would be, well, how about then you help out with the vacuuming? Oh, okay, let's get a schedule. Let's both vacuum. I vacuum this week. You vacuum next week or whatever your schedule might be. You work it out. And there's some... Cr- Good criticism there that, you know, stuff won't start to grow under your skin and won't start to grow under your roommate's skin. The problem I have with a lot of these channels and a lot of um, what really well-meaning people is that they pump you up. They tell you there's nothing wrong with you. It's all the other person's problem. It's all the other person's fault. You did absolutely nothing wrong. I'm... I'm not saying that. I want you to be introspective. I want you to look at yourself and see, is there something here that I want to change? Am I the person I want to be? Am I the kind of person who's going to attract the kind of person I want to be with? Right? I mean, you have to take a good, hard look at yourself. (laughs) I'm just looking at some of the comments. Yep. Melanated Vessel says, good to see you here, by the way. Says, most people loathe truth tellers. Yep. And uh, Melanated Vessel says they learned it the hard way. (laughs) Yep. Monique says, indeed, because a real friend has your best interest at all times. And you must do work on yourselves. You can't. If you can't take the truth, dot, 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 right? Absolutely true. So what I want you guys to do is don't beat yourself up for problems and things that you need to change. Okay, you know, that's normal. Everybody needs to work on themselves. So don't look at yourself as someone who's so far behind the curve, so far behind everybody else, so messed up, had such a bad start. There's no way you can catch up. You know, that kind of talk and that kind of thinking is not going to help you. You do want to see, well, gee, I am this way and I don't want to be this way. So what am I going to do to to change that? Find ways to change that. Get yourself on a schedule. Get yourself um, little mental uh, triggers that will trigger you into a, a positive route, by the way. So when you get the urge to say... Um, not work out, okay? And you're like, oh, I'm too tired. Well, then just do 10 sit-ups. Just do five push-ups. Just do, you know, tell yourself, well, I'm at least going to do just this. And before you know it, when you start moving, when you start getting yourself motivated, you're going to want to do more. You have to give yourself a healthy trigger and get rid of the unhealthy triggers. Don't give in to the lies and the laziness and the destructive thinking that holds you back. And friends who who enable that are not 
great friends. I understand there's a time where you want friends to come around you and hold you up and encourage you and tell you things are going to be fine and you're going to be fine and you're doing great. And those are great. Those are great to have cheerleaders, right? But you also want people to tell you what's what. <laughs> you want to t people to tell you what's the truth and help you see that there's a giant hole in front of you. And if you don't take a left or take a right, you're going to fall into that hole. The enablers, the, the cheerleaders are going to cheer you right into the hole. <laughs> That's not helpful, okay? Don't do that. And the things that you can do for yourself, start looking into healing. Seriously, into natural healing. There is so much out there. Try to avoid more medicine. Now, I understand that, you know, some medicines are necessary. I don't know which ones are. I'm not on any medications at all. Once in a while, I'll take an ibuprofen for a headache. But that's only if the headache is really, really bad. And um, maybe an allergy pill, okay? But generally, do not get yourself hooked on or addicted to believing that you have to be on something else and dependent on something else to make you well. There are so many natural cures out there. The foods that we eat affect us. Our gut affects us. Even affects our mood, you guys. It does. So be careful of that. Um, cut sugar out of your life as much as you can. I, I mean, I love sugar, okay? That's a really hard one for me. Um, but I have reduced it tremendously and I've substituted honey for sugar. Anyway, you guys, I'm getting off onto nutrition, but I want you to understand that there are things that you can do in your life right now, today, even in the next 30 minutes that are going to set you on this trajectory to health and happiness and all those good things that the new supply is going to be so jealous of if they see you on that path because they're not on that path. They're on the worst path possible. They are going downward and they are going into the pit with the narcissist. You made it out, okay? You avoided that pit, whether it was by your own choice or you got discarded. Actually, all being discarded is a huge blessing and I know it doesn't feel like it at the time. It feels horrible, but it is a huge blessing. I look back now at the narcissist it's so weird it's this dance that you do i don't know if you had this kind of a relationship but the narcissist and i discarded each other back and forth because i was so addicted to the narcissist that i would go back and then the narcissist would discard me but then want me back so then i'd come back to the narcissist and then i'd see like oh my gosh this is terrible so then i would discard the narcissist and we did this dance for a while it was so destructive and it destroyed a big part of my self-esteem it just it, it not just a big part it destroyed my self-esteem i found myself in this pit where i knew the narcissist was bad for me but i was so addicted to them that i could not resist right i could not let go i i wanted them i thought about them i was obsessed with them and then I, I wanted to make it somehow work, but I was smart enough to physically stay away. And the physical detachment is what saved me. It took me a while. It took me a year, 
probably two years, I want to say, to be completely over the narcissist. But yet, I even after two years, I still had feelings for the narcissist. And I still had to resist that. I still had to cling to the truth. So when you're away from the narcissist, that's the only time you can cling to the truth. Because when you're around the narcissist, when you're allowing the narcissist to live rent-free in your head and the new supply to live rent-free in your head, you're not going to be able to see the truth. Your, your mind is clouded and you're not going to be able to resist emotional um, traps that will pull you back into very negative and, and destructive thinking. So this is when it's really important to have those good friends that will tell you what's what. And it sounds horrible coming from your friend and you may feel like I don't that's not a good friend. I hate that friend now. Don't hate that friend. That's the friend that actually cares enough to tell you the truth. You're going to value that friend by the way long term. You're going to value that. You're going to look back and say, "Wow, they knew." Maybe they didn't say it in the best way. Maybe you couldn't hear it at the time, but you're going to appreciate that they at least tried. So you guys, that's what I want to share with you today. You are going to get to that point where the new supply is going to be jealous of you because they're going to know that you escaped. They're going to know that you are on this trajectory upwards while they are on a trajectory downwards. They're going to be so jealous of you that you have to be careful because that can also be a danger zone. In fact, that is a danger zone. When they get to the point where they're hating you or are jealous of you, do not get involved with the, with the new supply. You can be pleasant with them. You can be like you would with a stranger, okay? But do not get tied in emotionally and develop um, ties with the new supply because they may want to try to take advantage of you. They may, because of their connection still with the narcissist, they may sabotage you together. So be very careful of that. Um, you don't need that headache. You don't need that drama in your life. Just be pleasant. Do the right thing. Give good advice to the new supply. Be encouraging, right? The best way to be encouraged, by the way, is yourself to be encouraging. It's so uplifting. So do good things. Put good things out there in the world. And... Yeah, that's what I wanted to share with you guys. Let me see here. Oh, that's good. Melanated Vessel says, I'm glad you're talking about health and self-love. It's important. I'm trying to be more active. It's hard. Ooh, and you also said the new supply contacted me. What? Yeah, what, what became of that? What happened? Oh, I'm just looking here, you guys. Yep, melanated vessel. Healthy people have boundaries. I had unhealthy boundaries. Forgiving easily or the unforgivable isn't healthy. Absolutely, you guys. So here you are. You're in this... Oh, you're not responding anymore to the new supply. 
did not respond. Learned my lesson after the last time. I get it. Yep. Somebody uh, was saying that, um, yeah, they wish they hadn't let the new supply back into their, you know, into their life. Because it, it's a booby trap, you guys. It's, it's like, uh, you cannot trust the new supply because they're not in their right mind. They're in this delusion and they're being manipulated by the narcissist. You don't know where they are uh, emotionally and mentally, health-wise, right? You don't know if they're at the stage where they're, they're destroyed and that they'll take down anybody who's near them. And you don't know if they're in that paranoia stage where they're, even though they're trying to get information from you, they still trust the narcissist more than they trust you. And no matter what you say to them, they may go back to the narcissist and then just report to the narcissist about you. So even though that might not have been their, uh, their goal, you know, to pull you back in and tell on you, their goal might've been really just to check up on the narcissist story to see if it's true or not. And then what they end up doing is if you are too trusting of them and you give them too much information, they're going to take it back to the narcissist. And now the narcissist and they have a common enemy and you're the common enemy. So that's why I say it's a danger zone. Be very careful through this, but be yourself and have these healthy boundaries. Thank you for uh, bringing that up as well, Melanated Vessel. You absolutely need those healthy boundaries. Well, you guys, I did make a video about boundaries, and I'll see if I can find it and um, post it on this video in the little eye icon or in the description. And if you guys could, watch a commercial once in a while, subscribe, give me a thumbs up, or comment on this video. Also, you could share it with people that you think could use this advice and information. That would be great. I'm so glad that you hopped on today. You guys are fantastic. You are on the right road. Now, don't be hard on yourself, um, but definitely make changes. We all need to be making changes regularly, right? It's very easy to fall into bad habits, okay? Um, you have to be deliberate to implement good habits. So be deliberate in your life. Aww. Obi says, this channel helped me heal the most. I broke down and begged a savior to forgive me. And I opened your channel and it hit me what's, what's been affecting me. Oh, wow. Thank you, Obi. I'm so glad that you're here. I've actually seen you progress and change over the last couple of years. You're, you were one of my very first viewers. And I appreciate that, by the way. I'm just reading through some of this to see if you had said something else. Yeah. Not a member of the harem says, let the situation unfold. This isn't my problem anymore. Even if the new supply contacts me, I won't respond. Oh, yeah. Melanated Vessel says, I tried to help her. She has the information, so she needs to do her work. I can't risk my sanity helping her. That's big for me. It's hard knowing what's probably going to happen to her, though. Yep. And that's the thing, you know, you can throw a lifesaver, a pres life preserver to somebody, but you can't make them hold on to it. You can't make them get into it. You can't make them do what's good for them. You give them the tool, 
give them a bit of the information, now it's up to them. I know we want them to wake up and we want them to be aware and to start acting right on that information. But that's something that's outside of our of our control. We we can only control our own lives, right? And our own choices. And we have to let others make their choices. Ah, warrior says I can and will send the new supply a sympathy. What's an RD? Sympathy RD card? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you guys. Well, yeah, thank you for all your comments here. This is good. I'm just trying to see if I had missed some. Oh, you know what? Sometimes I don't see all the comments. Because YouTube picks and chooses some comments and sometimes um, hides some comments. Yeah. Melanated Vessel says, I realized that I was codependent and over-empathetic, making it easy to be ensnared by a narcissist. Yeah, and these are things that you learn about yourself. Like, why am I codependent? What is it that I need from others that's unhealthy, right? There are things that we need from others that's not unhealthy. Like, we do need relationship. We need to be um, touching, by the way. That's another thing that is a human need. I know some people don't like to be touched, but, um, you know, that's that's a difference. But most people need touch most people need hugs you know these are good things these are things that develop endorphins good endorphins inside of you and you want to develop those well you guys thank you so much for watching and again please comment and give me a thumbs up thanks for for doing that i appreciate it and i'm just trying to think you know is there anything else i wanted to leave you with this week as we go um, forward, there are so many good things in this world. I know there are times where, you know, you're just feeling like, is there anything good? Is there anything worthwhile? Is, what is the point, right? And don't fall for that trap because the things that you set your minds on, the things that you set your mind on, those are the things that will become your reality, all right? So if you want to find hope in your life, you want to find beauty in your life, start looking for hope. Start looking for beauty. Start paying attention to those things. Start inviting those things into your life by being deliberate, like going outside, going for a nice walk when it's beautiful outside, sitting in the sun and letting the sun touch your skin, right? Absorb some of the warmth from that. Um, meet with a friend. You, you have the opportunity to meet with a friend and you're thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't feel like it today. Go. Go and with the intention of having a laugh. Like find something funny even before you go so you can talk about it. Right? Read something funny or inspirational. And so you have something positive to talk about when you get together. So it's not going to be just another you know, crying and complaining session is going to be something that's uplifting and encouraging. These are the things that you can do that you can put into your life. 
So this week, I do challenge you guys with that. I want to hear from you next week what you did this week. And write it down. Put it on a sticky note. Put it somewhere that you will remember to bring with you when you get back on this channel next week during our live stream. And I want to hear what good thing you did. What positive thing turned into an even bigger positive thing for you. Um, I want to hear, even if it's small, even if it's a small thing like I went and sunbathed, <laughs> you know, and for the first time in three years. Yeah, do something like that. Let me know. By the way, my thing this week, um, my husband and I had the opportunity to go swimming in the ocean. And even though we had already gone snorkeling, even though we had already had a nice, you know, day um, in the water, the next day um, was our last day. We were on vacation. So the, the, the last day of our vacation, we had another opportunity to go to the beach. And I thought, well, just yesterday we went. So I'm good. I'm fine. But, um, and even though time was running out and we only probably would have had, would have an hour, hour and a half at the beach, you know, he was saying, yeah, he'd like to go. He'd like to go. He'd like to go. So I was like, all right. Um, even though we were running out of time, he still wanted to go. So we went and we had such a good, fulfilling, encouraging, I don't know, sensory Time. Oh, you saw a picture of it, by the way. I have a, in my community, if you go to the community tab, the reminder that I send out about Happy Crappy Hour. So this week is a picture of a watermelon <laughs> on the beach that my husband found. And uh, so he brought it up to me while I was still uh, getting undressed for the water. And uh, he's like, hey, I rescued this watermelon from the, from the water. And I thought, well, I, I'm up to trying it. I know some people are like, no, don't eat it. But my thought is, come on, we're not like out in the wild. And it probably hasn't been there for a long time because it would have sunk, by the way. And it probably fell off of a boat recently. Anyway, I was going to take it home and try it. This family came by and um, actually it was two families that were together. And so between them, they probably had, I want to say seven or eight no probably eight kids because they were they each had two babies as well and then several kids uh, between the two of them so one of the husbands from this family was sitting near me when i was uh, packing up and ready to go and he says to me is this your watermelon and i said yeah and he said well i'll buy it from you and i you know because i have a lot of kids to feed and i said you know what i'll give it to you because you have a lot of kids to feed so um, I gave it to him, and he brings out a machete from his trunk. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> okay, it was not like a small machete. It was a sword-length machete. It was huge. And uh, he cleaned it off, and he, you know, went away at the water. It, that thing cuts well, you guys. That thing cut very well. It cut nice slices of watermelon, and they all enjoyed it. So anyway, it's, it's, you know, had I not gone to the beach, had I not floated around in the water, had I, you know, just small things like that are so pleasant and encouraging. So do something to invite something encouraging, right? Don't go with this dark cloud over your head, convinced that you're going to be complaining about everything and how the water is too hot or too cold or too choppy or too calm. No. Just go and enjoy it. 
enjoy it for what it is. Well, you guys, have a great week. Go and enjoy something this week that you may not even feel like doing, but you know, you know, you know is good for you. You know would bring you pleasure. Enjoy. Enjoy your life. Enjoy the good things in this life. And no matter how many bad things happen, and no matter how many bad people come into your life, there are still good things in this life. There are still good people in this life. Seek seek them out. That's all you have to do. You have the power, by the way, to interview. You know, you're not at, at the, the mercy of others. You actually get to choose who gets to be in your life. So you guys, enjoy. Do something fun. I want to hear about it next week. Write it down and let me know. And maybe even journal. Like some of it, it could bring so many incredible thoughts and revolutionary things into your head and into your life that you did not expect. So do that. Ah. Ah. Look at that. Just going to give you guys a minute here or two to sign off. Ah. Terrific. Bye, you guys. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. Stay strong. Stay safe. Be positive. And you guys, you have this. You have the ability to turn your life around. It does not matter how old you are. It does not matter. Someone, oh, I know I'm bringing this up again or something different, but someone told me that they gave this 70-year-old person, almost 70, I guess they're not 70 yet. They're 68, 69, I don't know. Told this person that you're 70 years old, you're, you can't start anything new. I was like, what? What do you mean you can't start anything new at 70? This person may have another 30 years left in their life. What are they going to do for 30 years? Come on. You can start new any time, you guys. Be blessed. Do good things for yourself. And do good things for others. Have a great week, you guys. And I will see you next week. That's right, Melanated Vessel. That's not true. You can, you can start over at 70. Yeah. Uh, I got to have a conversation with that person. <laughs> All right, you guys, have a great week.